0: Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. This episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast is made possible by our generous patrons, we seriously cannot do this without you all. If you love our show and would want to join our patrons, head over to behindtheblisspodcast.com and click give or head to patreon.com/behindthebliss. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. It's one of those episodes I've been waiting for the release for a very long time. So to be able to finally bring it to you today is such a treat for me and I pray it's a treat for you too. But in today's episode, my friend Ashlyn Carter shares her story about craving control and how it was all revealed to her through wrestling with an eating disorder, depression, and anxiety. She opens up about how this affected her marriage, her walk with the Lord, and she speaks super directly to women who may find themselves in similar positions. So if you're like me and Ashlyn and love control, or maybe you just need to hear this to love on someone that fits that description, then this episode is for you. She has an incredible buckle up and lean in type of message for those that are in the middle of this difficulty. She shares signals of hope and testimonies that I think we can all cling to in times of despair. Because we go to deeper places in today's episode like eating disorders, depression and anxiety and other PG-13 related topics like intimacy and marriage. So if you listen to these episodes with younger ears also in the audience, I just wanted to disclose that before we started today's episode. But as always, we conquer this episode with hope and triumph that only comes from Jesus and His victory inside of us. So I am so excited to dive into this episode today to tackle some stigma and topics and harder conversations with someone like Ashlyn. So without further ado, here is our conversation. Hey Ashlyn, welcome to the show. Yay, thanks so much, Rachel. I'm excited to be here. Me too, what is this? Should we tell the people this is like take two yep, this is take like the last time we sat down to do this was uh just funny, whatever
1: day it was yeah, it was having a the
0: internet was having a Monday, so here we are yeah, the internet was having a Monday, and so was Rachel, so <laughs> i'm so grateful for your grace and patience and that. Oh, gosh, we get to sit back down and have this conversation because it's one that I think we need to have. And I'm just so appreciative of your story and your boldness and courage and talking all about it. So just to dive right in, let's say someone knows nothing about Ashlyn. Who would you say that you are to them?
1: Okay. Oh, my gosh. I... That's like a bold, a broad question. I know,
0: I know, um, loaded I, question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a wife and a mom. Um, first and foremost, I also have a small business and I love it so very much. So that is where I spend the bulk of my work days. But um, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I um, absolutely love it over here. So that's that's who I am. Um, I can go obviously a lot more into all of those roles,
0: but overall, you being a mom is is a new job for you, and you. Oh, Yeah, now you're having to balance between motherhood and then small business owning and marriage and just personal and making sure Ashlyn's taken care of. I mean, I just feel like you know a lot about a lot right now, which is cool. It definitely. I
1: had. I just had no idea, Rachel, what being a working mom involved. I mean, I was raised by one. My mom was raised by one. You know, like I've, we've seen it in action so much, but I really just had no idea until recently. But I love it. I genuinely love it. It did not mess up my mojo, which was my fear.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be mine too. Is I'm like, what happens the day we figure out there's yeah. going to be a little baby Autry? Like, what <laughs> would my life look like? Who knows? Exactly. It feels so vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. But I think you're doing it well from what I can see. And so I appreciate that and totally look up to you in that space. So again, just really excited to have you talk all about all the things to all the people today.
1: Well, I am an open book. I pretty much talk about anything. So whatever. I love that about you. Well, I just... I don't know. I just am at a point in my life, probably because of my story, that I just feel like I might as well, if I went through something the hard way or whatever, I might as well tell somebody. Um, Not that that. I was reading some piece of business advice recently and I loved how he was saying, you don't tell someone what you did in business to say like, this is exactly how I do it. Copy me and you'll have my same results. But more for like, them to see like it's an option to do this way. They can take and cherry pick what they want from your path Mm because that's what I do with mentors to
0: me, you know. Yeah, of course. And like you kind of can take it as you'd like and adjust it and monitor it to your life Mm -hmm. and what you're needing at that point in time because I feel like I can hear the same advice five years later and it means something completely different to me Uh, in that season.
1: Or my husband gets frustrated because he's like, you know, I told you that like six months ago. And I'm like, okay,
0: yes, but. <laughs> I'm finally hearing it with my ears. Oh, or wait, yeah. wait. Thomas is like, do you, are you hearing it with your heart or your ears right <laughs> now? I'm like, I'm totally hearing you. I'm not listening to you. And he's Thomas, like, so that tall. is a zinger. I love that. Zinger. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know your story yeah. and I know some of the things that you've walked through just from previous conversations mm-hmm. and your vulnerability online and things like that but if you could give like an overarching statement over some things you've walked through yeah what do you feel like you've kind of gain some expertise on from experience.
1: Absolutely. Um, the biggest things that I love to talk about um, as like I walked through them and came out on the other side are eating disorder recovery and then a journey with mental health, um, namely anxiety and depression and just how the Lord redeemed that, truly redeemed from the pit. Um, those are the things I talk about. So um, grew up like super... Uh, What's the, like type A? Let's just be real. Type A for sure. And so, um, just a go getter and achiever. And that lasted with me up and through college. I wanted to be a classical ballet ballerina. And um, I had studied classical ballet for 18 years. And um, once I didn't go that route and I ended up going to college instead of straight into a company, um, I ended up, I did get into a regional ballet company's apprenticeship program, but turned it down to go to college. And so, once I was there, I kind of had that first bout of depression where I think I had just so intertwined my identity growing up that Ashlyn was the ballerina. Like that was my role in school. I didn't really hang out. Um, I did hang out with friends, but like I was straight, I was in the studio every day after school. And so that's kind of when I had that identity shift my freshman year of college. And I realized like, hey, I'm like sadder than usual. What's going on here? And Mm -hmm. worked through that um, messily, but beautifully. and you know, like went a few years more, just kind of always had this like big emotional roller coaster that was kind of a a backdrop for me. Um, Long story short, short, fast forward to working in an agency, a marketing agency in Midtown Atlanta and going on to be a publicist at another corporation. Um, I loved my job, but I was just so into it and the hustle and the rush of it. I mean, it's It was marketing and PR. So it was just constant deadlines, constant media events. And I loved it, but it was kind of like a kryptonite situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up, after my husband proposed, that was like one more thing on my plate to plan and take care of. And um, I kind of had, a, (laughs) at least I thought, a glamorous job too. So um, just very much like perfectionism was a complete idol for me. And so during this... (laughs) Time where everything just seemed to be spinning out of control, I started controlling
0: one thing that I think I'd inadvertently controlled for years, and that was what I ate. I was about to say, do you feel like that stemmed from a place of like, I can't really control anything else going on in my life, but I can control what I eat and what my body looks like? Okay.
1: You nailed it, Rachel. It was never, I mean, there was definitely some body image relics that I had left over from staring at myself in a leotard in a mirror for umpteen years, but Mm -hmm. I predominantly it was control. And that's, I think like that is a, um for listeners, that's something that's misunderstood about a lot of eating It's not vanity's affair. It is truly for many, many women and men, something that comes back to control. Um, So I liked that I could hold something in my hand and count and measure. And I didn't even, I didn't mean to lose weight. Like I, I wasn't trying to lose weight and it just happened. And um, it was that whole summer was just awful that I got married and Anyway, got through that, got married truly by the grace of God, because that day was just kind of a mess um, on the inside. And then I went into recovery, partial hospitalization for this. And so that was an interesting um, walk. But I was there for about three months,
0: um, like there all the time. And then If you don't mind me asking real fast, what was the turning point of figuring out like oh, I've totally got to get some help or did did you make the decision? Did your husband, Mm. what did that look like?
1: Yeah. Great question. Bless his heart. I don't think sweet Wes knew, I mean, we were walking a tightrope then because he didn't know what to say that would just like send me off the handle. Um, I definitely had had some thoughts of harming myself. And so I think he was so concerned that anything that he would say would lead to something really bad. So, um, it was it was awful those first few months of marriage. Like we didn't, I didn't know if we were going to make it because he, I, I, was, I was very very sick. And um, what happened to answer your question is, um, my sweet mom and my mother in law were truly the ones that made me realize I need to get help. And I don't think I know that you and I in a past conversation were talking about a time when. Like, even when I got the diagnosis from the psychiatrist of the clinic that I ended up going to, I didn't believe him. Like, I just didn't think it was that bad. Um, so I don't think I ever. It was normal. Yeah. I don't think I ever got to a point where I would have been like, you know, like, I'm really sad and really upset, but I don't think he just, you you know, something's off at least in my case. I knew something was super, super off, but I did not know how bad it was. Um, And I had to lean on uh, ultimately the body of Christ to help me understand and get some help. Well, yeah.
0: I feel like we all have walked through that situation, whether it's with what we um, are putting in our mouths to what we're telling ourselves when we look in the mirror. And we don't even necessarily deal with any kind of like eating disorder but yeah. you, you definitely deal with a body disorder absolutely and, you know and or even like in your marriage or any relationships or whatever it looks like we mm-hmm. all go through something that we just try to grasp onto the one thing we can control and yep. the one thing we can keep the way that we want it to and yep. that's when things kind of spiral and it and it sometimes takes someone else third party to be like hey red flag yeah this isn't right absolutely to kind of Finally, I hate the word "convince," but really, truly, just to convince you, or even call to attention. Yeah. Yes, what I've always believed to be off is definitely off, and I need help. Absolutely. So then you did. You found help. Yeah. And what did that process oh, look like?
1: Man, I mean, it was the most beautiful. Those I think back on those days, they saved my life. There, I mean, that's what so many therapists are in the business of doing. Um, it was really hard at first. I remember going in and at that point I was 27 years old and so there were definitely women older than me and lots of women younger but I just remember feeling like how did it get to this point where I'm sitting at a therapy table with like I mean we would, we would do plenty of sessions away from the table but then sitting at the dinner table and like you know we'd have to go around and talk about our feelings about this food that was sitting in front of us because this thing had just the enemy had twisted and contorted it so that it was uh it was just it was awful trying to relearn, teach your brain to relearn how to accept this as something that was good for you. It's just, it's crazy how, how the mind can, can do things like that, you know? Um, So at first I hated it because I did, I hated um, being, you know, like having to go through these food therapy sessions and all of these like, cognitive therapy so i hated it but then over time i realized like i leaned on this community and i loved it i mean i keep in touch with very few people from that phase cuz i i kind of want it to be insular so i can set it away but it um i mean it transformed everything for me being in there's no way i could have done it i I put in for medical leave of absence from work. My mother-in-law had to show me how to do that because she had experience in HR. I was there all the time um, except for sleeping. I slept at home, but would get up early and go there. So it was um, a crazy few months. And for someone who is obsessed with their job, I definitely felt like, uh, like, you know, I was going to – I remember being so afraid that I was going to lose my job (laughs) over – like, Hello, Ashlyn. bigger yeah. fish to fry than that. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, It once I was out, it was just like new goggles were on. And I, I people have asked me, you know, did you struggle with gaining weight during pregnancy or how have you been now? And I just, I can't speak highly enough about true therapy when you go in and you truly get redemption from an issue. I don't, I, there's not really a thorn in my side with that. Now I still, you know, anxiety and stress is still something I have I've learned how to deal with, but um eating disorders are no longer something that I struggle with. Wow. Hallelujah. That is so cool.
0: Amen. Hallelujah is the right yes. word. Yes. <laughs> Whenever you were going through all this different therapy, I yeah. feel like there's always those moments that you're like, what? I cannot believe I'm in this place right now.
1: Like Oh, 100%. Out of body experience. Like, 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 what the hell? I was you- about to say that. Yes. It's like, yeah, out of body. You nailed it. And you're just... I just remember being like, what happened? And I think too, Rachel, I grew up in a great family, like a fabulous, Mm -hmm. solid nuclear family. Like parents are definitely still together and in love and like just like great upbringing. And so I think I was like, what is like, who am I to think that something is so bad in life that I'm this sad and need this much help? Because I it's been charmed up to, to this point, point. Um, and that's so. I think that was a lie that the enemy wove in that um, that. And I just for anybody listening, it doesn't matter, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mental health knows no it'll it can affect anyone. And doesn't discriminate. Does. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. What I see and what makes me so angry, the pattern mm-hmm. that I'm seeing over and over again is that it's a lot of times people who quote unquote have it all together. It's, like, your ballerinas, like, your families that are still together. It's all the people who think that they are, like, they just have a strong enough immune system right to not get sick. And you're like, oh, actually, that puts you more in a vulnerable place than someone who is humbly, like, oh, Lord. Like, I think there's such thing as healthy fear being, like, I recognize that this could Mm -hmm. be an issue. I recognize that. I mean, it took – It takes one second to take my eyes off Jesus and make a life-altering mistake or decision. But by the grace of God, like, I'm kept in this safe place. But if I ever decide to trust myself or my situation or my, I don't know, like, my family structure or my perfectionism, like, Mm -hmm. that's just going to fleet and be failing. And Mm -hmm. that's the most dangerous place to be in in life is I got this. That is a quote right there. That's so good. I mean, I feel like I've been in that place too where, I mean, I a lot of decisions that have affected my life were not made by me, so there's half of it. But with the decisions that I did make, I feel like I made them in a place where I was like, well, I feel like I have this room to experiment Mm -hmm. or like this room to grow, Mm -hmm. and surely nothing's going to happen to me because Mm -hmm. nothing has really happened to me. And um, I was wrong. And that's when I took my took my eyes off of Jesus for one second, mm-hmm. or you know, four weeks, or mm-hmm. however long it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But one second's all it takes for the enemy to be like, "Gotcha!" Rachel, because that's so true. That's good. Just vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's called pride. <laughs> In short, it's called pride. Our
1: Lord is just so merciful to continue. Like how many times yeah. we do that over and over again?
0: <laughs> totally. All the time. He's like, oh, baby girl, come come back, come here, come back. And I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So with all this happening and you growing spiritually and emotionally and physically and healing from it, what does it look like for you and Wes to then kind of, Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of this unfolded in marriage. So one, let's talk to the stigma that this happens to 13-year-old girls because that's false. Yeah. And everyone, like you said earlier, does not discriminate. No. Um. And then two, I'm just so interested in what that looked like and how you handled that kind of within a union. Because at this point it's not just an Ashland thing.
1: Nope, not at all. I love that you asked that. First of all, yeah, to your first point, preach it. It is definitely not a 14-year-old girl thing. Um, the uh I just I respect and admire my husband so much. I don't always show it, which is something I need to like work on, but I just respect him all day every day because he was there and he fought through it with me um it was it was a battle for our marriage because we get into this and immediately right i mean i'll just rachel i'm just too gonna lay it out there i don't really talk about Please this do this stuff okay so okay. Um, here's something. <laughs> buckle up <laughs> here we go buckle up so we had not had sex before we got married and we were saving it for marriage i was so sick that um Could not do that. There's something, I think it's called vaginismus. (laughs) Just like throw that word out there Um, that was going on. So like, so we get married. I'm sick and like, like mentally ill talking about like, I was, I would go between being, you know, like, okay. Kind of like manic a little bit to then the just crying spells and depression. So then this other element is going on. So here we've waited. We could not consummate our marriage For six months. So there's like- There's like lack of intimacy makes that so hard. No, there is. Intimacy was not happening in our marriage at the beginning. And so like there's that layer, like that's a big part of a marriage and Christ followers in their marriage and that was not happening. So on top of everything, and I mean, financially, here I am in recovery, it was thousands of dollars. Our marriage was in the incubator and it was just like, it was off. I mean, I remember going on walks and calling my mom. And of course I was, you know, I I wasn't allowed to run. I remember that they like, I couldn't go work out. I couldn't go run, but they did after a few weeks in recovery, I was allowed to like go on long walks. So I went on walks all the time and I'll call my mom. And I would, I remember using the D word saying divorce and like, you know, thinking like that's not an option for us, but at the same time, like, is it? Because I feel like this man Yeah, like this man is getting not what, like, I don't, what if I could never get better from this? And what if I want to hurt myself? It was, it was truly like when I, I, you read in Isaiah and you read about like, like the pits of death, like it was, we were there. And um, like, I just say that because I want, like, I want people to realize that the Lord truly redeems from the grimy, deathly hollows of the worst of all. And um, it just, Wes stood by my side in that. We we figured it out. We went through so much marriage counseling that fall and winter. And I mean, we've come out of it. And I just, I think now we're four years into our marriage now and obviously a baby and just we're doing, we're doing great. And I think that it's because those, it's kind of this, we got through that. We know we can get through. We know we can get through things like we have seen the faithfulness of the Lord Mm -hmm. through the hardest hardest things um and if we just yeah if we keep our eyes on him and we can figure this out so who it was i mean i sometimes i just i can't believe that we went through all of that um it was a very layered time but man he's just my husband is i just think he hung the moon he's incredible so
0: yeah wow yeah. So fun. I'm like, we've already been through two, like, victory stories mm-hmm. and testimonies. I'm like, about this. Let's yeah, just but, keep uh, going. I just get it. Um, Yeah. I mean, amazing. It's literally him bringing what was once yeah. dead to life, which is what he's in the business yeah. of doing. So he did it once again, which should just be proof that he can do yeah. it for anyone, for anything. And, and
1: like, like, to loop back on, like, that, the thing I mentioned earlier about, like, sex and stuff, I remember even that being such a thing of shame to me because – no, I I found one girl. Actually, she was from home. I've looked up to her growing up and she had a similar situation where she was going through or she went through something like that early on in her marriage. And I just remember even hearing one other. I mean, there's so many, you know, like these are obviously the things we don't really talk about at like the dinner yeah. table, but like even just knowing, yeah. oh, that girl, like she has a face, she has a name. I know her. She went through this and got through this. Like there is hope. This is not... This does not have to end in defeat yeah. for me Um, was really – I just – I don't know. I just want to talk about that because I feel like there was – I just had – I thought something was terribly, terribly wrong with me, and there's not. There is
0: – there's none. There's not. Yeah. Okay. So this is a really poor example or like similar analogy, but sometimes I do not feel like exercising and sweating and like celebrating mm-hmm. that I can move. And mm-hmm. I like – I'm not pumped about it, and but I go to this wonderful studio that I love, and I'm walking up the stairs to go into a class, and I'm seeing sometimes girls come out of class, and they're, like, so excited about it. She's like, I feel good. They're, like, laughing and, like, just fellowshipping outside the actual studio. And so in the middle of the class, it's easy for me to, like, get, like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Oh, my legs are shaking. This is not fun. But then, like, I think back to the girls that had just walked out of the class, and I'm, like, oh, Easy. We got this. It's yeah, just 30 it's, more seconds. It's the same a thing. good yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not. I feel awful because I'm like completely no, different. <laughs> but it's like you can, I mean, use other people's testimonies and claim them as your own. Be like, if he did it for yeah. them, he'll do it for me because he's the same I God like for that. everyone. So yes. it's the same. I mean, it's just like you just have to sometimes find someone that can hold that banner of victory for you and you can't do it mm-hmm. on your own. And Mm -hmm. it's so cool that that was the girl for you. And hey, you're going to be that girl for someone listening. So I hope so. Praise God. That's so neat. And one of my favorite verses ever, ever is 2 Corinthians 12 9, which is, My grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness. And sometimes, especially for me, I'm like, I'm just such a strong headed brat sometimes. (laughs) And I'm like, have to be humbled and like have to face my fears or my weaknesses or my sin just like ugly in the face and be like yeah you're so right like I can't do it but your grace is sufficient your grace is all I need in order to turn this around and there's hope and it's a lot more simple than I think people will realize it's a repentance a gosh yeah I need help what does it look like therapy cool okay got it what does yeah. this look like? Being vulnerable and telling people that, like, we haven't been intimate and that is the hardest thing and I'm having awful thoughts. Got it. I'll find help. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. like, speaking those things out loud. For me, too, honestly, it feels like Satan loses his power over me because he's like, oh, frick, she figured me out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so fun to be weak sometimes because yeah. it's just
0: oh, – we just get to relax. and Every girl wants a relax. superman. You know, it's like yeah. every girl mm-hmm. wants to be saved mm-hmm. from some mm-hmm. things. To so just let the Lord be your yep. Like That's so cheesy. But it's good. I hate, but I hate that I just said that. Panic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my Sorry. goodness. So with all of this happening and you speaking about it, and this isn't your first rodeo. Like you've talked all about your story other places too. Have you seen a response of girls who are like, yes, oh, my gosh, thank you for Bringing this yeah. up, like I'm sure you've got amazing testimonies. Do you mind just sharing a few of those?
1: Oh, yeah, um, that's definitely so. I just remember, I remember when I like it was probably the first month in recovery, like after I got through the I freaking hate this to like, oh, one day this is going to be pretty cool to like tell people that. This this is a saving story, and so I just remember thinking in that moment, um, Lord, if like if I get out of this, I'm freaking gonna talk about it because no one is talking about how this stuff happens. And I felt so abnormal through Mm -hmm. like that whole summer before going into recovery. I was just like, why am I so sad and anxious and doing this? Weird eating thing, and so I just remember thinking if I could talk about it, um, I would. And so, yes, I feel like that's one of the cool parts of like having a, um, I guess a platform as a a small business owner now is that I do want to weave my story into it because it is the reason I started my business. So, once people figure that out, and um, anybody who can relate or has a story, um, they get to. Reach out and that's been cool. It's also been neat to see like moms or best friends of people that are having um, some sort of issues like I did reach out. Like even it's given a kind of cool ministry opportunity to my mom to be able to talk to other random moms out there and help them understand what to say to their daughter um, when she's going through something like this. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah.
0: It's like it's all going to be used for good, man. Amen. Would you ever consider, like, writing a book about all this?
1: That is a good question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, writing is how I process. So it's just very
0: cathartic anyway for me. Um, I always say, for people who don't know, Ashlyn is a copywriter. So it would make sense for her (laughs) to put this into words. (laughs) All the writing. It
1: would be very different. I think – I've even had like business mentors kind of challenge me and be like, you know, we know Ashlyn, the story of walking through that 2015 year and that transformation, but like they have encouraged me, like masterminds I've been in and mastermind sisters have encouraged me, like continue to tell the story. You know, like when I was pregnant, like they, they were the ones that encouraged me and I did end up posting about it and it actually like the response to it was amazing, but what it was like to gain a bunch of weight two years after going into recovery, you know, and then like what it's been like to have your body completely changed. So I think that um I would definitely I would definitely write about it. it's just the story is just never ending. But um yeah. You're like
0: well I would hate to write it and be published and then something else happened to make sure. it <laughs> and that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well with it still continuing I mean, do you still feel like you face certain days that are really hard and remind you of what you've already overcome and you kind of have to like re-overcome it real quick?
1: Yeah. I mean, just to speak to the anxiety side of things, I, I've realized that that's probably the thing that will always be a little bit, you know, of a, again, to use the phrase I did earlier, a thorn in my side. I think that just having to realize how to deal with pressure. And I mean, having a small business is it's a ton, a ton of work and a ton of pressure. And the more it grows, it's such a blessing. But at the same time, it is, I mean, I have to I have to learn to just live with the anxiety and learn how to put it in its place and not let it control other capacities in my life. So um, I don't know if that like kind of gets to what you were talking about, but I, I do think I always have had to learn how to deal with that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's okay basically for what I'm getting at is if someone feels like they've overcome something to don't be discouraged. If you feel like there's a season where it re-pops up and you're like, oh man, I thought this was handled.
1: Oh, that's a good, yeah. It's kind of the thing where like maybe the first year I was like, God, I thought we got through this, you know? And then now it's, it's just kind of things like, all right, Lord, you know that we know my tendencies, but I am choosing to believe that you are bigger and you are better and like you are in control. And like, it's just, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like Paul says it so well when he he used the description that he did um, because that, yeah, that's kind of how it is that you're just, yeah, you get past the, I thought we got through this Lord conversation mm-hmm. during prayer and more to just realizing that this is a tendency that we have to learn to look at truth in.
0: Yeah, I love this. What would you say to someone who... Is going through that season of control or just like grasping at anything Mm -hmm. they feel like could be theirs, quote unquote. Like this can be mine and he can have everything else, but this is mine. Like what would you Mm -hmm. say to the person that has that 2% or 10% to give to the Lord? Because it sounds like that was kind of what Mm -hmm. was happening in your heart.
1: Yeah, I would just say, um, I just remember like there's enough of you that knows – When you know truth of the gospel, there's enough in you that knows that's not truly the case, right? Like, you know, you know that this is, and um, I think like some of the things now that I do in my business, I'm actually, I'm just coming off of a sabbatical. We take sabbatical every year as a family. My husband and I, like, I have to constantly set up Ebenezer reminders that remind me, Ashlyn, you are not in control. And sabbatical Mm -hmm. is one of those things. It is, I mean... For a business that's brought in over seven figures, it's really hard to go for a month and be like, "We're I'm closed." Like my team is doing stuff, but I am not doing all the big things that move this thing along because I'm not in control. And I need to go back to the source and the Lord and see what you know, see what rest in Him looks like. And um, He can, He will do. He will move His kingdom with or without me. You know, um, so I think putting little things like that in your life,
0: if you have dealt with control, um, can be really helpful. Yeah. Amen. I'm so glad you said this. <laughs> of a hey, yeah. it's okay to pause and rest. There's nothing wrong with rest. Yeah. And I saw this on Instagram. I was like, "Busy does not mean you're successful. Mm-hmm. Like having no. your calendar filled up does not no. make you adequate." Like
1: no. And how long I believe I believed that. Like if I look at Ashlyn a decade ago, that was my modus operandi. Like that was how I did life. Like I prided myself on this glamorous, busy life. Mm-hmm. And it just was if I mean if I knew the Mount Everest ahead of me in that moment, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been so proud of all of being like, oh, I've got a lot going on. So let, let me pencil you in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me check my sketch.
0: One sec. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. What would you tell Ashlyn, like speaking back to her, like Mayday, Mayday, but like in a gracious way?
1: At which which part in the story, like before it all kind of hit the fan, or during Uh, it, right before it hit the fan, right before, (laughs) buckle up. (laughs) 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 I feel like I mean I'm so glad. Like I wouldn't tell her to turn and run the other way or like try to get over it because I
0: had to go through all that. And I so good. I'm yes, yes. I was like, I hope she doesn't say like, here's how to dodge it because you have to go through it.
1: No, I am. So glad I went, I mean, every day I'm so glad I went through, I would, I mean, I'm sitting here like looking around this beautiful sunlit office. Like I could cry, like the Lord has so redeemed this story. I I would not be sitting here. I would not have a business. I would not, I would not like the house that we're in is a result of some money from the business. Like I would not be sitting where I am now if it were not for that very treacherous battle. And so I just, Yeah. If if that's what I would say, buckle up because you got to go through this, Ashlyn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no way around it. And you wouldn't want to take the way around it Mm -mm, either. mm -mm. Like uh, this reminds me of the story of Jonah where uh, he was called to Nineveh. He was like, "Mm, no, that's funny. And then he got on a boat to go in a different direction, you know, Everyone knows the VeggieTales version, but like storm came, boat just went haywire in the storm, Jonah fell out, got swallowed by a whale and the whale spit him out in Nineveh. So it's like, you're either going to be obedient and you're going to just have to go through the hard things and maybe end up somewhere that doesn't look glamorous, Mm -hmm. but is exactly for you. And because of it, it is glamorous or you're going to end up detouring on your own but still ending up at your destination. So it's like you either just go A to B or you pick the detour. Yep. And the detour can't always be fun. Oh, so um, good. It's that not reach. always the mm-hmm. the pretty route. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm like, I needed to hear this because we are in such a season of like, you pick the hard thing or you reroute and like you detour. Yeah. And so this is good for me to hear too right now. Okay, good. Man. Ashlyn,
1: <laughs> well, give this girl a someone. Us. Like I, I just, I'll talk. I mean, I think it was a Brene Brown thing. She said, like, don't talk about things until they're scarred over. So I love that because I do think it can be harmful to talk about some yeah. things publicly that you're in
0: the middle of. But
1: mm-hmm. man, scars all day, every day. I'll share.
0: Well, here's the cool thing about scars. I'm glad you brought that up, man. I mean, I really hope people don't think I'm trying to be like but i just keep having good thoughts okay here we go it's, it's called obedience okay so you know after jesus was raised from the grave like he was a perfect man again right like mm-hmm. all of the like beatings and bruises that he had gotten yeah. from his journey throughout crucifixion they were gone but yeah. he kept his scars and his scars in his hands from the nails were his way of proving to his disciples he was who he said he was yeah and it's the same for us it's like that's our score our scars like we can keep them and we should cuz they're battle wounds and they show yeah. like i've been through some really hard things but have overcome them but i have my scars so you have an opportunity to ask me hey how'd you get that like mm-hmm. tell me that mm-hmm. story you know and mm-hmm. that is what they're there for so you can either like hide your scars and that's sad cuz i think that would be a really cool opportunity to meet someone else who maybe has an open wound but I love what you're doing, Ashlyn, and just sharing your scars and where you've been and where you are now, standing on the other side. And the fact that, you know, there's still days that you can dip into the places you've been, but God's so much bigger and you are he too. Is. It's all Jesus. Sister, this is good. Good <laughs> news. So rerouting, because I'm kind of okay. curious and we love asking yeah. people this question. What is something that you feel like you're absolutely loving that you need to share with people? Like it can be anything like mm-hmm. a song or a book or a software. I mean, like we've had so many fun answers what a I'm book. So Curious what yours is. Okay, um I'll
1: share a book that I read recently. Are you familiar with Sally Clarkson? No. Okay, she's great. Look her up, Sally Clarkson. She's um, an older woman. She's like a podcast. She does a lot of mentoring for um, moms and mom hearts. But anyway, she has a daughter named Sarah. And Sarah wrote a book that I read over sabbatical called Book Girl. Very easy title to remember. And I loved it. It just like reawakened the girl in me that would – I just – I mean, I'm sure so many listeners can relate to being that little girl that loved curling up with a storybook, you know, I'm going to bed and then that, you know, American Girl books and like Babysitter's Club and just, we just ate up books growing up. And I think that that helped me realize again, um, how much I love to read and get lost in story. And uh, so I don't know, ever since I read that, and that was about three weeks ago now, I just like my love for reading and stories have been reignited. And um, I don't know, I just I picked it up kind of randomly because I love to not touch business books while I'm on break. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I did not. And that one has just been delightful. And she also gives a lot of reading lists in it, which is super helpful. Um, Like one book that she recommended that I got was a book on, I guess, is it Celtic? Yeah. Celtic, not Celtic. Celtic Prayers. And it is so fascinating. So like in the morning, I'll do kind of one of those little devotionals and read the scripture that goes with it. And it's just been a really fun way to see the Lord's creativity. So that book is something I'm loving lately.
0: Oh my gosh, an amazing recommendation! Yeah, we should have Sarah and Sally on the show though, huh?
1: You should for sure. They, I mean, they're delightful to follow. I don't know them; I just follow
0: them. Mm-hmm. But but you know them. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, I feel I know. like that's what Instagram is these days. I'm like, <laughs> like I met someone this morning who we follow each other on Instagram, and I'm like, do I have to introduce myself? I feel like we've been online dating, but we're not. Like it's just funny and weird. But that's
1: what I love is like not, and I love meeting people in person. And it's like they don't have to. You know, like you do, kind of know each yeah, other. I love absolutely.
0: That. Oh my gosh, it's like the most fun. That's mm-hmm. kind of how we met. I know, and that's why I feel like if I come to Beeham, yeah, girl, uh-huh. come on, I would love to host you. But you already know yeah. Beeham is your stomping ground. So, like, you really uh-huh. are gonna have to show me around. Yeah. yeah, loved it. Love that town. It's the sweetest. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashlyn, seriously, you are just a treasure. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for just. Gosh, this story and the fact that you are bold and telling it and you went there, that is so refreshing and I'm sure that listeners are thinking the exact same thing. So you are a treat and I'm so grateful for you.
1: Well, thanks for your kind words and yeah, for anybody listening, like I love, I got, I always, I feel like Instagram DMs do pile up, but if, I mean, I just, I love telling people they're not alone, so um. If that's you, no, you're not. And feel free to reach out.
0: <laughs> yeah, where can people find you online? Yeah, um,
1: in Instagram at Ashlyn S. Carter. And then my website is AshlynWrites. She is that kind com. of girl
0: writer, who brings you, you the girl. truth and wisdom yeah. but leaves you Get wanting it. to be friends with her all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> we put everything sure. that we mentioned in today's episode in our show notes at com. This includes where you can find Ashlyn online, that favorite book that she was talking about, Sally Clarkson's podcast and more just like Ashlyn said and we feel the same way but we are always available in our direct messages on Instagram maybe you're just walking through a hard season and you just need some company along the way we are your girls we would be happy and honored to do that with you so find us on Instagram at behind the bliss podcast or pop in our emails whatever is easiest for you and we'll meet you there If you were a fan of today's episode and are loving the podcast in general, it would mean the most to me if you head over to iTunes and left us a quick review. Reviews are super easy and super simple, but they mean the world to us for a lot of different reasons. If you had an extra five seconds at the end of listening to this episode, hop on over to iTunes and leave us that review. I hope this week is full of surrender and that you're able to live a palms up week, one that you let go of things and let go of control and that you lean into what God has for you this week. We'll see you next time.